that straight out of a movie scene right there was a, a पुलिस जीप और आगे उसमें दो लोग बैठे हैं और पीछे वाली सीट में बीच में मैं बैठा हूँ और दोनों तरफ मेरे दो मोटे मोटे पुलिसमैन बैठे हुए चेतन महाजन इज अ राइटिंग कोच author blogger and a writer at large he writes for many publications including readers digest and the hindu business line chetan mahajan is also known for his book the bad boys of pokaro jail which he wrote while serving his time in the jail of pokaro which he was wrongly thrown in for a case that was not even against him chetan left his mainstream corporate world life and now is a co-founder of the himalayan writing retreat he also loves speaking to the audiences about failure and learning from them Now before I start this episode let me inform you that we recorded this interview during the COVID-19 lockdown and hence the recording was done remotely we were both sitting in our houses and recorded it online so please don't mind the background noises and i hope you still enjoy it so let me welcome our amazing guest for today an author a writer and co-founder of the Himalayan writing retreat Chetan Mahajan Welcome to the show Chetan. Thank you for having me on your show Minakshi. To begin with Chetan, please tell us about your journey from childhood to becoming a successful corporate leader. So I was a terrible student. I almost failed my class 10 and uh, did terribly and I was quite lost like a lot of people tend to be in their early years. Uh, I didn't really have a clear passion. Everybody says find your passion and all that stuff. I didn't have a clear passion and I didn't know what I was interested in. So it was a set of default decisions. you know you tried to do the best that you could in whatever field was visible to you uh, i was terrible at math so engineering was out uh, i was terrible at biology so my, my, uh, medicine was out mm. uh, so after everything was done i had decent english i was okay with communication and interpersonal stuff so i landed up doing an mba i tried to get into an iim i failed and uh, then i landed up at a tier 2 institute what is called a tier 2 institute but i did my mba started my career and uh, i always had this thing in me that uh, you know uh, i was better than this i was better than what the system was making me out to be i had this persistent belief that you know the the way that the world was judging me and what i was capable of and what i was actually being done was not uh, commensurate and uh, so uh, i i did reasonably well in the corporate world i was in advertising then i moved to e learning and uh, that took me to chicago and um, while i was there then i went back to uh, another business school called kellogg uh, which in hindsight was probably just for my own ego just to make me feel better and more comfortable about you know myself that i have achieved something mm. the so- the social definitions the the societal definitions uh, you know where i felt slighted that i had been rejected by an i am i kind of made up for that by going to kellogg uh, right now honestly when i look back at it i'm like that was quite silly to do done that also because that mba cost a lot of money mm-hmm. but anyway that's a that's hindsight in the year 2020 um yeah. but uh, then you know at some point in time when you've achieved a reasonable amount of you know quote unquote success 
and you've uh, you've checked a lot of the boxes you start asking yourself is that it i mean are we done i mean what, that's what it was all about now yeah. do we just continue along this path and so you okay you have a house you have a car and you've kind of done well and you know people think that you're successful to ho gaya matlab and uh, and that's when you start asking you know a lot of smarter people out there ask themselves this question much earlier i took yeah. a long time to ask myself that question and uh, that's when i uh, felt that you know this uh, definition of success wasn't working for me just because i was uh, you know i i had the trappings of success i didn't feel like i'd done anything worthwhile i didn't feel like i was really having fun or enjoying what i was doing mm. i didn't feel like i had uh, you know I, i i i didn't feel fulfillment i didn't feel joy in life yeah i i commuted a long way to my office i commuted a long way back and you know i didn't have enough time with my family and we were living in gurgaon which i thought was quite a hole uh, but that's what successful people did so that's what i was mm. doing <laughs> and uh, and so on and so forth and at at some point in time i was like you know what forget this i really want to chuck it yeah so that was that journey okay cool so you're also known for your book the bad boys of bokaro jail which is a fairly popular book published by penguin so what led you to write this book so uh I was uh, you know I was doing well on the corporate side but I had just got this job with a company new organization not new but rather turn around company and I was um, in Bokaro trying to deal with some difficult customers and they filed a case against me yeah. uh, and against the company in the they filed a police complaint yeah. and uh, so the cop actually told me that sir we have to arrest somebody and you're the most senior person because ye to paper mein aa gaya bhi to hum isko aise nahi jaane de sakte So I told him that I just joined the company 2 months ago and you know I'm not a shareholder I'm not on the board of directors so yeah. I'm really not liable in any way but they still insisted uh, that they had to arrest somebody and so they landed up putting me in jail because mm-hmm. of that case this was in uh, actually on one day before christmas in 2012 yeah and uh, that uh, uh, so I landed up in jail and I was there I, I didn't know it then but I would be there for a month uh, and while I was there there was nothing to do you know once you figured out your basics of you know food and safety and things like that then there's nothing to do boredom is your biggest problem and i had this desire to write a book for a while so i thought chalo baith ke ek diary likhte hain roz ki kya ho raha hai yahan pe because uh, diary from inside a jail is um, potentially going to be interesting so i wrote the diary i wrote it every single day and then that's what led to the bad boys book arrow jail okay wonderful uh, so you have written the entire uh, whatever happened in your day to day life in bokaro jail that's right Okay. Uh, so could you describe the night in your own words and how scary was it the night that you got arrested which was not planned at all? So uh yeah so well it was evening by the time they arrested me and took me and you know first they have this medical checkup thing I was in the police station and then um, they have a they have a process where you have to have a medical checkup and then they put you in the so it was that straight out of a movie scene right there was a पुलिस जीप और आगे उसमें दो लोग बैठे और पीछे वाली सीट में बीच में मैं बैठा हूँ और दोनों तरफ मेरे दो मोटे मोटे पुलिसमैन बैठे हुए एंड आई वॉज Uh, very very terrified and then i the policeman told me i couldn't make any phone calls so i had called my wife i told her ki ab ye ho raha hai 
mm. and i may not be able to speak to you because they'll take my phone away and then i left uh, and then i had to shut down the phone and then i got to the police station i turned in the thing and it was i think that was the most terrifying moment because it was all dark it was night time mm. and this whole system and you have to imagine this in like rural jharkhand which is like us yeah. bihar right so sab log matlab aapko ek tarah se dekhte hai ki chalo ye you know ek mota sami mila hai types so uh-huh. it was all very uh, it was very very scary and then my laptop went off and my phone went off and i just didn't know what would happen i just had no idea about what would what would uh, you know happen beyond this point yeah. would i get beaten would you know would i get food would i be kept in some small cell somewhere would there be you know mice mm. or you know bed bugs or what i don't know i had no yeah. idea and i think that uncertainty made it very very scary very yeah. uh, very terrifying so that first night i slept on the floor because um, that's what everybody did and uh, yeah. you don't have individual cells so people actually sleep in something called a ward and in yeah. a ward it's usually uh, you know whatever 25 30 persons to each ward so i was in a ward with all these other guys and they were actually fairly decent they when i got there they uh, made sure i got some food i um, was given a blanket and i was told this is where i can sleep Mm. and uh, so i had a place to sleep in the night and i was in my corporate clothes only so uh, i slept in those clothes i'd been wearing this them for like 3 days by that time yeah but i slept in that and then the next morning of course my father turned up and he's ex army and he talked to the jail and the, the jailer and superintendent and made sure i was moved to a, the hospital ward the hospital ward has beds so after that then i was sleeping in a bed and i was a little separated from the so a lot of people also realized that okay this guy has you know somebody to speak for him yeah so then they more or less left me alone otherwise until then they were quite busy you know trying to coerce me or hoodwink me into giving some money or you know figuring out ways to make money from me so true yeah so that was a good point that you had backup at least they made a very big difference that my father turned up when he did because without that uh, you know i was i was dead meat yeah. then it would have been the whole there's a whole process that works within a prison on how you know you keep mm. yourself safe how mm. you keep getting decent food and things like that you can actually get access to cell phones and ipads and all kinds of things if you pay the right money oh. but fortunately i didn't have to go down that path because yeah. it can be a lot of money also yeah and so there was also this uncertainty that regarding your job like when you come out of the jail you you'd have a job or career or your reputation will be ruined so how did you deal with that so i would still have this job i mean i was still employed for the time that i was in jail but yeah. i knew that i didn't want to work for this company anymore so mm-hmm. uh, um, i i started talking to various people trying to when i came out then i started talk to people various people figuring out you know where i could work and what i could do and i i had worked with good companies for long periods of time i worked with the tatas for almost 8 years mm-hmm. so i had decent uh, repute and i had done well so i had a decent mm. reputation in terms of my career and you know so finding another job wasn't difficult but how do you explain a month in jail yeah so uh, uh, you know instead of being defensive about it i figured that if i write this book then that's probably going to be the best thing mm. and uh, i was hired by hcl and i must say that they were very very upright about the whole thing because they didn't consider the uh, case or the uh, you know the jail time in any negative way the only mm. thing they did say was that look we can't hire an under trial Mm. so which was fair i mean if i had been in anybody else's place i would have said the same thing we can't hire you as long as you have a court case against you yeah so i told my employer you know my current employer at that time mm. his, his name was everon that um, 
that i will not quit but i will also not uh, um, uh, work my mm. only focus while i'm here with you under your, in your payroll is going to be to get my name cleared mm. and uh, so uh, and then uh, my name was cleared in march and the sole case was quashed and everything was done Hmm. and in april i joined hcl so that was wonderful you got back on your feet again yes i did yeah yeah and uh, you were in jail with different inmates that you cannot trust for the first night of course and then you yeah. got to know got hold of the things but how did it change you as a person uh, so uh, i don't know if it fundamentally changes a person uh, as a human being yeah. i mean when you enter the jail i was already 42 and you go into a jail or any scenario you already have a certain set of assumptions or you know beliefs in life mm. uh, i don't think any of them got got upturned uh, or overturned mm. i think mm. uh, if anything they were only strengthened because mm. i saw a lot of people who seemed to be you know there because of their circumstances i saw a lot of people who had made bad choices because of their conditioning and their social influences i did see a lot of people who thought in certain ways whether it's about uh, patriarchy or whether it's about uh, dowry or whether it's about you know uh, religion mm-hmm. uh, uh, which, which was all conditioning in society and you know mass media and all the stuff that comes in from them uh, one of my best friends there was a was a muslim guy and i would like to hang out with him mm-hmm. uh, i thought he was a very decent man mm-hmm. uh, and uh, and so on so i don't think it drastically changes you but it does make you a little more aware of the plight of people you're able to relate to you yeah. know otherwise you think what jail gaya to it seems to be like this big taint hmm. but when you're in a prison with a lot of other people who are with you yeah, yeah you're one of them i mean you know okay. maybe we niklunga to mere bare mein bhi log bolenge jail gaya so um, you know so one is of course writing the book and being able to protect you know or cover for myself but i'm educated i'm literate i'm articulate so i have the ability to do that Mm. a lot of those people i mean some people were let out after a year 18 months of having been an under trial with their name cleared yeah you can't go back to society and just expect that you get your job back and you know your college or school will take you and everybody will consider you as normal true you know it might have taken 18 months of a process and your name might have been cleared but wo to tab bhi log to bolenge ki are wo to jail ja ke aaya हां एक टेंट तो लग ही जाता है फिर हां सो देन दैट 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 लिव्स विद यू फॉर द रेस्ट ऑफ योर लाइफ हम्म सो इन दैट सेंस मीन आई आई वाज देयर एज एन अंडर ट्रायल फॉर जस्ट अ मंथ देन आई गॉट बेल एंड देन माय नेम वाज क्लियर्ड हम्म एंड आई हैड ऑल दीस प्रिविलेज पीपल हु वर फाइटिंग फॉर मी एंड आई हैड मनी एंड यू नो आई हैड द एबिलिटी टू टेक दैट बैटल एंड विन इट या बट अ लॉट ऑफ दीस पीपल आर अनएजुकेटेड इलिटरेट पीपल हु रियली डोंट हैव द एबिलिटी टू डू एनी ऑफ दीस थिंग्स हम्म एंड देन दे जस्ट सफर they land yeah. up in in jail also for a lot longer than they need to be mm-hmm. or then a lot longer than what is legal yeah because even the law says that you can only keep people in jail for so long you can't keep them forever yeah so sub uh, so all those things are always there that's something you just have to kind of you realize you do something about it but there's not too much you can do about it yeah, yeah. keeping you know that taint and everything that's going on in your head and yet you kept positive all this time before you switched to becoming a businessman but still yeah. uh, for that duration you felt something you know thoda to lagta hai dimag mein depression sa so was it happening to you it absolutely it's very depressing because when you are in jail you ek to you by yourself hmm. uh, you have zero connection with the outside world so you can't talk to your loved ones your friends family yeah. any any of those people hmm. uh it's a uh, it's very um, the uncertainty kills you the uncertainty yeah. of not knowing when you will get released 
because it's not like you have a seven year prison sentence if you have a seven year prison sentence you know it's going to take seven years hmm. right but here the uncertainty of how long will it take and knowing the fact that you know you are completely innocent yeah so all those things put together make it really uh, yeah. very very difficult so i i went through days when i didn't eat i uh, you know i uh, and i i cried a lot and i felt really bad but then i also did keep my chin up because i also did say that okay i'm going to continue running so i was a, i'm a runner hmm. and i uh, was at that point in time preparing for a full marathon hmm. uh, so i kept running inside the jail and i got a reputation for that also but the longest distance i ran inside the jail was 20 kilometers hmm. uh, which uh, and there was a tiny jail prison yard which was like maybe 100 100 meter loop so doing 20 kilometers in that itself was quite quite crazy hmm but then i did whatever i could to just stay productive and stay constructive and writing the book was part of that process but uh, i kept writing because also it was one of the things i could do you know yeah. you could read you could write and you could run yeah those were the only things allowed but yeah. or kuch hai nahi so i did all as much as i could i read a lot also when i was there so firstly to salute to your courage because you did not get disheartened and did not lose hope even though you yeah. were not allowed to talk to a lot of people your family was outside and you were obviously worried about them as well but you kept calm so that's one thing uh, which is very appreciating uh, so after this uh, you decided you got a job you got on your feet you decided to really switch to becoming a businessman without nothing so you created success out of nothing so how did that happen well so like i was saying earlier Hmm. you know once you've checked all these boxes of success and then you ask start asking yourself ki ab aise hi chalega kya uh, my wife has a very nice way of putting it because we built this house uh, in gurgaon hmm. a nice house and everything but she was like so now i mean is this is this where i get to die i mean is this hmm. is this what it's going to be hmm. and uh, that was just a very disheartening thought because both of us love the mountains both of us love a simpler life we like all the shosha and all the glam of you know gurgaon sab everybody sorting mm. big cars and you know you're eating out and you're spending so much money and you're just living this highly consumerist life and that's mm. not who we were mm. and uh, then uh, the air quality problem there of course was a big disaster and my son started wheezing mm. and i think that was really the final straw because mm. of which we said that ab yahan nahi rehna hai to fir the sawal tha ki ab kahan rahoge and uh, i was also i mean while i had the job with hcl and things were you know okay but i was not 100% there because i just felt kept thinking that there has to be more to life than you know just one job after the other and one you know this uh, treadmill of a, of a corporate career so that was uh, when we decided that okay we'll leave the city and so we packed our bags uh, i had anyway gotten laid off i did a tedx talk about that also much later Yeah. but uh, uh, i pa- we packed our bags and we left and we moved to a small village in uttarakhand mm. which we really liked because we liked the little school that was there acha and uh, i didn't have a source of income my job was gone mm. and i was doing a little consulting aur dheere dheere karke wo consulting bhi khatam ho gayi so then it really became about now i have to i mean i have my kids are small i have a family to support and, and i'm still not that old or rich that i could just live on my savings forever mm. so we did have to do something in life but i didn't want it to be something boring or something you know uh, you know going from one treadmill to another i wanted to do something which i felt good about which i felt was interesting fun which i would enjoy doing and i had been in startups earlier some i had failed some had succeeded but i did have this you know love love for entrepreneurship and so uh, 
I tried a few different things, but the one that really clicked was this idea of starting a writing retreat, mm. where we would do workshops for uh, people who wanted to become writers. Because I had seen this when I came out of Bukaru Jail also, and my book came out. A lot of people said, "Arey, yar, mere ko bhi bada mantha kitab likhne ka. Main bhi chahta hu main kitab likhu." But mm. uh, and a lot of these were like me, midlife, you know, professional, successful but bored kind of people. Mm-hmm. and i figured that there would be enough of a market and there would be enough people who are interested in becoming authors learning how to write so we hosted one that this was in 2016 and we announced it and you know seven people turned up including some who were complete strangers which was a surprise and mm-hmm. uh, my friend uh, roy abraham who's a great guy he co-hosted it with me and we were together and we uh, uh, we ran the workshop and we got pretty good feedback and that was a good start because then that gave me confidence ki ye to aur bhi ho sakta hai and then from yeah. there it slowly slowly grew we used to just rent out hotels or resorts or you know cottages and do them in other people's places but then slowly we realized that you know there was always a bit of a compromise in terms of the quality or in terms of the size you know if a resort has 20 cottages and there are other people floating around when you're doing your workshop it's a very strange thing Hmm. So finally, about two years ago, we built our own place, uh, uh, which has now it's like a six-room boutique hotel. It's oh, wow. called the Himalayan Writing Retreat, mm-hmm. and we have our own staff, and we host all our events here. Now, okay. of course, Corona has thrown things off track a little bit, so we've gone online. Yeah. But uh, but even that uh, is not a big thing. But we've got a it's brand temporary. now. Yeah, hopefully it's temporary, and uh, we've built a brand as a Himal as a as a writings. you know call it a writing school for lack of anything better but yeah. as a place where people come to write learn writing you know just be and write their books so we've got a reputation for that mm. and that's helping us yeah so, yeah and also people are coming to you know relax a little bit from out of this bhagdod wali zindagi they get to see the mountains breathe fresh air for that duration when they are with you that's true they come for both the peace and quiet and the learning also my wife is a clinical psychologist and okay. she has her own writing workshop which is mm. not about writing skills but that's about emotional well-being wow. so how to use writing as a as a form of therapy for lack of better words or mm. how to use writing to feel better about yourself to feel more uh you know balanced and even and, and free a little less anxious and free from stress and that has been going on again for uh, a long time one and a half years now yeah. so uh, so so we have two uh, you know main workshops that we offer one is a writing skills workshop that i run mm. and then my wife and she runs a workshop on emotional well-being through writing and in addition to these we invite other you know well known names we've had manjula padmanabhan we were going to get arundhati just before this corona thing kicked in wow. and we do a variety of we do a blogging workshop which is led by sumit bansal so we have a lot of uh, a lot of different programs in writing and related areas Hmm. which uh, which we host here and you know most hosts also really like to come teachers also like to come here because it's a nice break for them also yeah uh, so all this went successful as you planned and uh, you did all of this at a later age like you already had a family you had two kids you were successful in your corporate life uh, so what do you uh, suggest people that uh, when should they start uh, their entrepreneurship journey like they are they always say that they are too old or they are too young so does age play a role how much do you believe in that so uh, <laughs> i want to jump in and uh, comment on one thing you said just now you said yeah. everything went as per plan 
uh well there was no plan <laughs> so we actually turned up in the mountains whatever work i was doing was consulting and that went away yeah. so we were here already it wasn't like we had a grand plan saying we'll go to the mountains and create the himalayan writing retreat we were here already we had taken the leap we were uh, and there's this saying saying sometimes you have to take the leap and build your wings on the way down so uh, uh, that is kind of uh, more uh, you know true about how it was because uh, in our case also there was no plan we we were here already and we ha- now had to do something to make it work mm. and so it was really about okay what is it that i feel like it will be fun and what would what, what will i enjoy and wh- where do i think there might be potential and so mm. we tried this and it fortunately worked out and and so that's how it's been okay uh, now it, it, uh, coming to your question about age yeah. i don't think there is any age uh, in fact i'm working on a book right now called life redesign which is going to be about various people who have chosen to leave the mainstream and and work on a alternative path uh, and when we talk to such people there are people in their 20s there are people in their 50s mm. uh, you know 60s people are more people who are coming to the mountains to retire uh, before that there are people in all ages who have chosen you know an alternative path and who are doing something different but who some uh, you know some have just worked in a company for a year and said you know what this is not for me and they've left so i don't think it's i don't think there is any formula for this or any right age uh, whether it's entrepreneurship or it's choosing a, an alternative life it's it's really whenever you think feel it's ready mm. and i don't even think everybody has to try it or have to go that way there's a lot of people who you know feel com- completely comfortable and happy in the corporate world and in the city and like it there yeah uh, you were in us for several right. years and then you yeah. were in gurgaon a metro city of india which we know has pollution and a lot of various differences in culture and then right. you moved to a village so yeah. tell us uh, the cultural differences work cultures and uh, food lifestyle whatever was different that you observed and experienced so culture is very very wide so it's very hard to pick on any one or two specific things Mm. but uh, i mean you know i mean one of the things i really liked in the us was that this whole respect for labor thing it didn't matter what you did but if you were working people respected you and mm. uh, you know there was there's the dignity of labor and nobody judges you kare ye to jhadu maar raha hai ya ye bartan karta hai or anything uh. like that so that whole uh, you know up or down thing does not exist anywhere in the us whereas in india uh, a lot of people have this uh, very negative perception so these these labels biases that people carry with them which are very negative and which really aisa nahi hona chahiye anybody who does work anybody who's doing work uh, and uh, and earning a living is uh, ha- has every right to respect at least yeah and uh, in in the village of course it gets even worse because in in villages unfortunately while there's a lot of physical beauty and we have met very very nice people at the same time at the mass level at a larger scale you know casteism this untouchability business uh, uh, all of those things which are much worse than just dignity of labor are also alive and well mm-hmm. so uh, it's a very uh, it's not very happy to see that kind of thing happening mm-hmm. and uh, those differences exist otherwise of course I mean, when you're in the US, uh, you know, while we were very adept, I was very comfortable in English. I studied there. My wife studied there. Mm. But somewhere we just felt like we were not at home. And mm. especially when we had children, we felt like we wanted to have them raised in a place where they felt comfortable in their own skin. Mm. And you're, you're, you're brown skinned in America, then you're always, you know, whether you like it or not, and people can explain it in 20 different ways. But you're, you t- can be a bit of an outsider. 
so uh, so that uh, bias is something that you carry that you that's a, that's something that you have to live with we felt very at home with india but i think we didn't like the cities mm. we didn't like the urban indian experience although we were there for almost 8 years mm. but we didn't like that urban uh, indian experience and then we moved to the village and you know i think i like it here better mm. much much better because life is simpler uh, uh, you know you don't have that crazy mad stress you don't have this crazy keeping up with the joneses thing you have uh, you 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 live life on your own terms and uh, there isn't so much to do uh, you know so there can be a bit of a uh, cultural vacuum because there isn't any theater and you can't see the latest movies and there are no malls and you can't even see like musical performances and things like that but to make up for it you have trees yeah and you have like greenery and wildlife and and uh, in simplicity of life and i think that itself is something that uh, that people in in the cities should get more of Hmm. so um so it's a trade off and again like i said earlier it's a personal choice hmm. uh, a lot of people would you know won't be able to live without uh, you know swiggy or zomato hmm. i'm pretty okay without swiggy swiggy or zomato but i uh, but I, i i really want to have trees and i really want to have greenery and nature and clouds and beauty and uh, fortunately i'm married to someone who believes the same way thinks the same way and that that really makes it work for us hmm, that's beautiful so uh you said in your ted talk that uh ted talk or i heard in some other interview uh that uh, every basic necessity of mm-hmm. where you're living is 30 kilometers outside your city your village so the city is also far away and uh, for any basic necessity you have to travel that much so how do you manage all that no so it's not basic necessity i mean what is basic necessities are things like food vegetables fruits etc okay. those are available close by those are not 30 kilometers away okay. the petrol pump is 30 kilometers away uh, lpg cylinder was that far but now even that is a new center is opened about 6 kilometers from our place okay. uh, but if you want to get any major supplies if i wanted to like now for example if i need to get a badminton racket okay mm. uh, for that i'm going to have to go 30 kilometers because i'm not going to get it here or in the nearby market mm. the basics you know sabzi roti dal chawal mil jata hai yahan pe acha acha ha but uh, yeah we do have uh, you know like a monthly trip that we plan to the uh, to the uh, to nainital or haldwani uh, which is when we make yeah. a longish list in or otherwise people are going on coming up and down because we have our you know guests who also come in our participants who come in uh, so then we'll usually have them mm. pick something up along the way and things like that so because yeah there are other village folk uh-huh. and they all live in eat and they, there's a, there's a population of native people who live here in the village all do get by wonderful so coming to the travel part people usually go and sightsee the places i want yeah. to talk about your different experiences with food people culture and being there as a local like people don't use metros if they're traveling but i prefer if you are in a country you use the metro so if you have experiences like that i would like you to share it with our listeners well so my travel is really broken into two parts one i went to saudi arabia and it's yeah. like this whole thing seems to be like plastic it seems to be artificial the whole thing seems to be like made up there's nothing native in kuwait or in bahrain or oman you know everything seems to be just manufactured or imported but there's yeah. nothing indigenous there's nothing inherently local native that you get to see whereas if you go to a place yeah. like uh, say jordan or you go to israel or you go to turkey 
uh, it's so much more fun uh, and so uh, so when i've traveled to those kind of places we've really really had a great time uh, mm. so um, you know i mean turkey is one place which i which i which i really fondly remember because we stayed in istanbul and we stayed we were we had gone uh, on a personal vacation and okay. we stayed there and we stayed in the old city you know in a little hotel where you had to go up this little spiral staircase to even reach your room and okay. uh, people were really nice uh, wherever we went we had a small young son with us that time mm. we had only one child and people would keep giving stuff they would see the little child and the interesting thing was that their languages also similar to hindi like anath would pick up something anath is my son's name and he would pick up something and then when we were leaving the shop we would ask the shopkeeper saying you know we want to pay you for this because he's taken it mm. and the the person would say diya hmm. uh, which meant like that's a gift you keep it and yeah. we came across that kind of an experience repeatedly in the grand bazaar the old market of turkey and you know various other places mm-hmm. so i think those uh, those are really the warmer moments That's now right. we are planning a, a longer trip uh, where we want to drive through europe over a couple of months okay. uh, we might have done it this summer if it hadn't been for uh, coronavirus yeah. uh, now maybe we'll plan it next year abhi to humko pehle paise jodne padenge but uh, <laughs> but yeah that's on the card so we'll do it sometime beautiful experience any other experience that you have anything that comes to your head if it comes well there, there are lots of stories but i mean the ah. one is of course being vegetarian in america so we i'm yeah. now veg non vegetarian but strangely enough when i was in the us for 4 years we were vegetarian and yeah. uh, it was it was uh, interesting and difficult uh, mm. and also because i used to travel a lot so in my mm. travel i would invariably be looking for subway because subway had good veggie options it was the only place but one time we couldn't find anything else and we were driving and so i stopped at a at a i don't know what the name of the place was mm. but i ordered and we didn't want anything with meat in it so we saw cheeseburger and we ordered the cheeseburger thinking chalo cheeseburger hai to cheese ka hoga mm. and then of course the thing turned up and it had a massive beef patty in the middle then we told him ki humne to cheese burger bole the to cheese burger mein beef to hota hi hai so you know that kind of thing was uh, a learning process for us yeah and then uh, the other place which i remember where we actually felt very at home was in puerto rico where mm. uh, ek to wahan pe they, their local snack is very much like a pakoda so that was very nice yeah. but the one which really stands out in my mind was um, in puerto rico there is this place where you know of the bioluminescent plankton uh, where uh, because of movement they glow so we had taken canoes and we had gone and we were rowing our way into this bay and as mm. we were rowing we slowly realized that every time we would put our chappu in the water and mm. when the chappu moved there would be a halo around the chappu <laughs> because the plankton itself would glow because of kinetic energy uh, so we had this beautiful experience we went into the bay we loafed around we came back and then one of the people who was there for the tour who was a complete stranger didn't know anybody else uh mm. dug out this massive jug of something called sangria which we had never had before acha and uh, it was this drink made with citrus fruit and red wine and uh, uh, various other things and then she just handed glasses out to you know there were some five six of us mm. and she handed glasses out to everybody and after that beautiful experience of the bay we all sat and we chatted complete strangers mm. at like 11 in the night because we have to go after dark and we mm. sat and we had this lady sangria and we spoke to each other and it was like a most beautiful moment where mm. it was unexpected it was not in the plan nobody said ki aapko aisa bhi kuch milega package mein nahi tha ye <laughs> mm. somebody is 
large heartedness because of which i still remember it it's been what 15 16 years but i still remember it fondly as you know one of those really nice times when and we we spoke there was a middle aged lady with her son who was a college going kid and they had they are the ones who had got the sangria and we all sat and we were whatever five six strangers and, and we all sat there yeah. on the ground only we all had her sangria we talked about where we were from and we mm-hmm. you know became kind of sort of friends and it was nice it was very unexpected very beautiful in its own way the other really odd experience i had was uh, when i traveled to saudi arabia so uh, you know i went to the museum and the museum was just about the the current king it was like a fan thing for the current king only and uh, food and all was okay but not so great and i was there on a business trip and i met this guy he was our business partner and he was somebody who spent half the time in the us and the other half in uh, uh, in saudi and uh, mm-hmm. when i was leaving he gave me this very nice gift and very nicely packed and everything and i was like chalo pata nahi kya kuch hoga and when i mm-hmm. opened it out it was an abaya an abaya yeah. is the head to toe uh, you know black cloth uh, covering that all these muslim women wear and i was really thinking to myself saying why did he gift me this because does he really expect my wife to wear this or and this was especially surprising because this is a guy who was married to an american woman who had three children in the us and he spent half his time in the us and half his time in saudi and yet his gift to me was an abaya so i thought that was quite bizarre um, but uh, <laughs> yes it was <laughs> so it takes all kinds i guess but yeah yeah wonderful so did your wife wear that abaya no no okay <laughs> it's very pretty by the way today because it was like uh-huh. black embroidered very nicely and the cloth was very nice and all come to the end of the interview uh, first sure. uh, one more thing to write a blog on uncity so what yeah. is uh, that blog about so when i had moved here here and like i told you i was you know uh, first i was consulting then for a while i was unemployed but mm-hmm. there was lots of interesting things that i saw around us the life mm-hmm. that uh, and how it was different and how people were different and how things worked differently and i just wanted to share that and so i started this blog which was ancity blog which was really about uh, the differences between urban life and and you know the decision that we had made to leave the city it wasn't written with any goal of you know commercial goal or anything it was just me which is just a hobby for me just sharing mm. what i saw and how interesting it was so lastly a message for our listeners like how you embraced your failures you had multiple laid offs and you had a dark phase in your life and yet you maintained your cool and you went towards the positive rather than being on the negative well uh, i think there's uh, there's two parts to it really first is you always have to keep hope and the second is you have to do stuff so you know it's nice to be hopeful if you don't have hope then you can't get anywhere but hope by itself is not enough the second part to hope is action you have to do things if i had you know stayed hopeful in jail but i hadn't written the diary then i wouldn't have been able to say that okay i'll write a book so whatever was available to me i was able to run i ran i was able to read i read i was able to write i wrote uh, so i think you have to always do things uh, same for you know coming here after we moved to the mountains i tried uh, creating motorcycle tours i tried teaching at a business school i tried creating the himalayan writing retreat and then something clicked and then i was finally you know realized that okay the himalayan writing retreat is probably where i you know so and and something new was born mm-hmm. so when you find yourself in a dark spot first is to stay hopeful but the second is also to look at okay what are the options available what all do i have in my toolkit what can i build something out of 
and uh, with that as your building block you know start working and try things out uh, because hope needs action to manifest itself mm-hmm. if you have a lot of hope but you have no action then that how hope needs something to you know become real mm. and to take shape and that needs action so that's really i think the most critical message i'd leave with folks and how can our uh, listeners connect with you um so uh, chetan at himalayanwritingretreat.com that's my email address otherwise there's a whole bunch of stuff that's out there on the internet our website uh, the himalayanwritingretreat.com website also has uh, you know ways to get in touch with me and things like that it's all yeah. i'm i'm quite easy to find online <laughs> instagram linkedin even twitter okay wonderful uh, so chetan this was amazing i had so many uh, insightful and uh, inspiring things to know and thank you so much for your time it was lovely talking to you thank you for having me on your show minakshi and all the best thank you so this was chetan's journey so far and i hope it was insightful thank you so much for giving your precious time to this podcast if this episode was inspiring and insightful please do drop a comment on my instagram and youtube at the rate my boho voyage please do subscribe and give a five star rating and hopefully write a review for inspiring explorers also please don't forget to connect with me on instagram and youtube drop me a hi or send me a comment so that i know we are in this journey together this is manakshi shrivastava your host for inspiring explorers saying goodbye see you next week with an amazing inspiring interview till then take care